Nobody's in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is a typical for the Amina Margot. Acres Wonderland podcast. I am your host Lottie and for about the fourth time on recording we have finally got this introduction right joint. But with me as always I have got Matt and Adam. Matt how are you? I'm good thank you. How is everyone? Yeah I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just happy to proudly announce that there is no curse on the no more red kit but we'll get into that a little bit later. Adam how are you? I'm well. It's it's good to enjoy an Arsenal win. It's it's been too long, um, but it was it was a, a good weekend uh, for for the Arsenal, thankfully. And um, I think those of us who went to Meadow Park had a good time in different ways. And I'm looking forward to picking apart uh, what happened. A um, little bit debatable. Um, I got there nice and early, and there, there wasn't enough stewards. Uh, put it this way, I didn't see the first half. I didn't even see the goals. Um, I did have a good, I had a very, very good view of the second half, which I'm quite happy about. Um, and just to, before we get into the the, uh, Arsenal, the Arsenal v the Hornets, um, we've got we've got a bit of news for you. The best awards were live the other night. Alessia Russo and Amanda Illestead went. Uh, Russo was named in the FIFA Pro World Starting Eleven alongside Mary Earps, Alex Greenman's Lucy Bronze, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh, and Lauren James. I've got a really uh, bit of an awkward question for you boys. Is there anyone in this team that is particularly missing or should not be there? Um, Okay, I'll have a swing. Um, Based on what we saw in the Champions League, um, Eve Pyle, who was great for Wolfsburg and Pop, the pair of them, were key. I know we have a bit of joke about Pop and, and so forth, Wolfsburg and Dindy, yes. but she was a great striker and one of the reasons Wolfsburg got so far in the Champions League. Um, no mention of her. And she did score at the World Cup with Germany um, more than once. So I think there is a question about why she is not in that uh, in, in that roster. Pop, definitely. Um, goalkeepers, I think, yeah, with Erps, it's she is very popular. I think there's justification there, but I think the other nations, I think of maybe like sort of um, Panos or or, uh, or Arnold, maybe the great World Cup with the, with the Matildas, um, defenders, um, no lot of the Moy, which is quite frankly criminal. Um, <laughs> no, that, that that's unfair. I think Greenwood absolutely and Bronze. But the problem is, is if there is an there is an overabundance of England players. I think that's what we can mainly agree on. And um, I don't think I think. The fact that Ella Toon is in there and uh, some of the players who would have been a midfield for Spain aren't. I think it's Bon Matty, the only Spanish midfielder in there. And considering how strong the Spanish midfield was at the World Cup, um, I quite frankly think that's criminal. Um, no Hermoso or, you know, Pérez, etc. 
yeah, some, some odd choices, but we know when it comes to these sort of award ceremonies, there's, there's little logic behind it. It's just a big popularity contest. Yeah, I think there's a couple there that you could probably say that do they really deserve it? There was some that had injuries, some of them didn't have really strong seasons, but I think were helped quite a lot by the World Cup. Um, if I'm being honest, I think the only reason Olga Kamana is in that 11 is because she scored the only goal in the final. I don't think mm. she had a particularly strong World Cup. I don't think she was particularly strong in uh, Real Madrid's uh, Liga, Liga F campaign. I didn't think that she really shone during Real Madrid's Champions League campaign either. And it uh, yes, I kind of guess that it is sort of swings and roundabouts when it comes to these things. I think there's others that I think I've, you could probably name about eight or nine of those players potentially um that don't deserve it if you're asking for players that potentially missed out um i don't think amanda real estate will have got there i would have imagined maybe wendy renard uh, because of how leon did in the end uh, um I, maybe if you're going to take a center back for england i would probably suggested millie bryant because of the fact of that how strong chelsea did last season as well as the semi-finals and things like that kira walsh is was in in there which was great to see a player that a lot of people don't seem to understand how good she is uh, is now finally getting that recognition but um yeah there's a few questionable choices but i'm not too sure i'd need to go through the list to say definitely these are my 11. So FIFA Pro, we just say I've given basically the top 10 in each position. So you can see who didn't make the cut, but who was close. So uh, Renard was in the contention in the top 10. Anya Batia was as well. Paredes was as well. Oshwala, Caroline Graham Hansen. Caroline Graham Hansen is a player who should have been much further up the ranking um, with Barcelona. Um, when you see um, Norway's, uh, again, another exit from another major tournament and the group stages. Was the well, issue. if you go talk about welcome progression, Lauren James, brilliantly talented player in the WSL, mm. but domestically CGH achieved more. You know, won the Champions League. You know, Lauren James didn't. Lauren James hardly featured at the World Cup, but you know, I, know, I, I think they, they, you could you could argue the toss in quite a lot of these these players, and that's the great thing about football. It's all about debate. If we if we all agreed on it, there'd be no there'd be no um, there'd be no Vicarious Wonderland podcast. So it's. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would. Well, we tend to agree a lot, don't you think, guys? <laughs> we do, unfortunately. <laughs> but we also challenge each other, which I do really <laughs> enjoy. Um, another another thing that came out of the awards is now that there is a master award for the best goal. It is the equivalent to the uh Puska Pukas goal. Puskas award. Yeah. Puskas. Yep, I couldn't pronounce that. I do apologise. <laughs> um, um, speaking of awards, um. Serena Wiegmann picked up an award that night as well for the best manager. And a pen. And also... <laughs> Sorry. Extended till 2027 for the Women's World Cup, which we are all looking forward to. Forward to. Um, her words were, looking, for, looking forward, we have unfinished business and I know we're capable of more. Matt, are we defending our European t- title very soon? Yes or no? I think it's more than that. I think it's the fact that it's almost third times the the charm Mm -hmm. going into a World Cup, oddly enough, where we don't even know where it's going to be. I know South Africa and Brazil are potential uh, hosts, along with, I believe, there is another one. 
There's a, there's a conglomeration one, I think, of Germany, Netherlands, and Belgium. Oh, right. It's, I yes. I don't know if that's the, the Euros and the World Cup, but that's I one of the it's, ones. It's one, it's one of them. I, yeah. I, I think you're right, Adam. But um, uh, it would be nice that wherever it is, potentially I'd like to head over to Brazil for a World Cup and enjoy the opportunity that they have over there. Um, although Africa is also a nice continent to, as well. It would be nice to potentially get the the African ball rolling over in South, uh, South Africa as well, well, African as well. So um, both, both of them will be great. But for England's sake, I would like to, us to be able to go over there and say, right, this time it's us. It's not the American arrogance. It's Serena's going to go, this is my last chance with you lot. And uh, I imagine it's going to be a last chance for a lot of them as well. Um, um, 2027 Hawking now th- in three years time potentially it's Mary Earp's last time it's Millie Bright's last time it might be um, a few of Kira Walsh's last time as we definitely know that I would speculate again speculate that Lucy Bronze will probably be retired by the end of that um, but there will be other players that will be just Alex Greenwood is another one as well um, so a lot of them will be last chance, but there is plenty of lionesses on the rise. Anna Patton, uh, Katie Robinson, uh, Missy yeah. Bocrones. Yes, uh, as you mentioned, I, I, I even lots of potentially lots of even mine might actually finally get that starting centre backs role <laughs> as well. Um, but I think it's it's nice that we've got this goal setting now that we're aiming to achieve that then say where we were with the men's where we go okay we'll get to the quarterfinals and that's it we won't go that's that's the expectation not expected to go anymore we're now demanding more of the team and the team are demanding more of themselves and that's come a long way and we have to thank Serena for that we also have to thank the FA for that for pushing that and we also I think as well the fact that the uh, WSL has also been pushed because we've had some talented players throughout the years come to the, come into the leagues and really sh- make this league really well developed and help the not just the UK players but other players around them develop and make it a really solid league week in week out. No, definitely, I couldn't agree with you more. Speaking of the Lionesses, we will have fixtures in February. Um, and we are awaiting confirmation of the fixtures slash venue. Two of those fixtures will be somewhere abroad. Um, speaking of international internationals, one of our international stars has received Swiss Player of the Year, and that is the one, the only Leah Volti. Um, she shut down rumours of her leaving the Arsenal this year. She, in an interview, um, she's here to stay. She said she's got another three years on her contra- contract. Adam, how are you feeling about that? Uh, mixed. Um, it's great news. Okay, it's just a fantastic news, brilliant player. Um, I was chatting about this with some friends, and I think the, the, the key thing is, is it's an impossible question to answer because if some, and I'll throw this to both of you, if some, if if let's say, obviously you, you want to stay, you say you want to stay, fantastic, and let's hope that's the case, and I hope we see Leah Dolce. For the next two, three years, because she's amazing in that midfield, um, and we do miss her when she's gone. But let's say hypothetically, a player does want to leave. Say, I know if you're right, Robin Van Persie going into the last year of your contract sort of situation, and the person says, "Are you thinking of leaving the club?" You're not going to say, "Yes, I am." Are you? 
you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna yeah that's a very good point you'll piss off the fans excuse my language <laughs> you'll annoy them Sorry. exactly and, and you will you will ruin your own position in the club because the club will go well, if, if they're thinking of leaving i'm not going to pick them i'm going to pick other people and all of a sudden you're losing your value so you have to you have to cement your position in the club and and, and say no I, i'm here to stay um so that's I, that's you always take these sort of things of pinch of salt now people obviously wanted to stay we'll take that as a as a green light that she's going to stay and let's hope that is indeed the case but yeah. for me, it doesn't quite quell the rumour just yet. I think you have to look, you know, look beyond that. At the moment, it's all smoke and mirrors as these things are. I fully expect it to be here at the end of the season. After that, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is smoke and mirrors. But if, if the reality, if you think about it, Real Madrid don't really play for players. They pick them up on freeze. So exactly. I can't see her going to Real Madrid. Yeah, she might want to go to a good club. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's pl- there, yeah, there's going to be plenty of interest for Leah. There's not a lot many players that do things like that. Um, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. I could see her potentially going over to Leon, um, reigniting with uh, Danny Van der Donk. I think that would be quite a very effective partnership, along with uh, I'm, I'm going to forget the other the American midfield, Her- Lindsay Horan. Lindsay Horan. Yeah, I can imagine that. I'm just, I'm just, I could just see that working because Leo mm-hmm. would be the defensive midfielder that would give Dan, uh, Dan the role to go and attack and defend and really put her foot on the line as she always does. Mm-hmm. Um, at this moment in time, though, it is essentially the ball is in Arsenal's court. So, if anyone does want to go, hey, we want to, we want to talk about transfers and things like that with you. In the summer, for example, let's say Leon throw a load of money in and Arsenal accept that. Arsenal can accept that and go, right, OK, we're covered because we would essentially that's an option to then say that Cara Coney Cross, Victoria Pulova, Kim Little and Katrin Cool all can fight for that sp- same spot. But there isn't the need of, say, um, What's the best words? There won't be as much of of like a, a need for say catching call to go out on loan like she is at the moment, and she, she did really well actually. That just say that um, for uh, on Saturday against Aston Villa, but um, yeah, it, it's it's just I think it's protect. We're starting to protect the players. We're not saying right, you're on last year anymore. Um, we need you to make make a decision now. Or later, the decision is make made up within the last eighteen months. If they want to stay, or if they want to go, if they change their mind, just go back to Noel Moritz, not playing enough. She then decides, right, okay. Uh, she took Christmas break and she just turned around and said, I need, I need to leave. I need to make sure that I'm getting game time. And um, she's now got a plan for Villa. So it's it's a case of there's a lot more trust with the transfers now with the players the staff the manager as well in Jonas and uh Claire Wheatley who's <laughs> running everything <laughs> I, I think you could be seeing a change in the market I was going to say with because for years it's always been players run down their contract mm-hmm. and they move elsewhere it's very rare you'd buy a player it's very rare you sell a player that's why the record fee for players is I think it's less than a million hit a million yeah. yet, like 500 or 600,000 something like that it yeah, might well be that we are now leaning like towards. Hmm? Sorry, Sorry I, I feel like all of our women, doesn't matter what team they play for, they're all underpriced. Oh, they're all covered with Yeah. But, but we know with time that will grow. Um, 
we nearly paid that record-breaking fee for Russo, but we, instead we took it for free. Took it for free, but I think it's the the free obviously free transfer markets exist in men's football and it and will always will do. But I think more and more we're going to do more Kari Cooney cross deals. We're going to buy the players before someone else can have them on a free. And I think there's going to be a bit more impatience in the market to to quickly get to that top spot is going to start to create the proper transfer market we see on the men's side. And it may well be that that nearest one of the players being sadly losing We shall wait and see. Yeah, I don't think we'll reach the men's prices for a good few years yet, though. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> that it's just ridiculous. If you're going to start paying for players that much money for players, you need to be giving them the wages. And the sport needs to be as big as the transfer fees. So I think we're on the way there, but we've got a long while yet, hopefully. Um, before we get stuck into the Watford game, Got a little bit of an icebreaker since it's award seasons. So we're going to have our own mini award seasons halfway through, halfway through the season. So I'm going to ask you the first one. Everyone's going to know my answer, so I'm not going to answer this one. Best new signing in the last two seasons. Oh, two seasons. Two seasons. Oh. Oh, right. So this season, last in last season. Because this season there's it's very limited choice. So I thought I'd extend it to two. Okay. Yeah, I've got my answer. Adam, you ready? So, am I choosing one player or one player for each or one player overall? Um, for the women only, just one player yeah. overall. One player that covers two seasons. Well, everyone knows I'm Team Russo. I've got Russo <laughs> back. I'm a big fan of Nessie Russo, you know, local here and all that. So, my choice is Victoria Pelova. Um, because then the reason I'm picking her over Russo is that Russo is only just got into the front door. Yep. You've only seen the first four months of her. I'd love her to be, and she, I reckon she's going to be the big signing. But and we'll get onto the game in a minute, and I'll, I'll that'll, that'll be one. That's one of the reasons why what I saw at the weekend. I don't think she's there just yet. I think Palova. We are seeing that, and we're seeing what an amazing signing she is ever since she's come in from um, around this time last year. Um, the stuff she's doing in the midfield is jaw dropping, and I am. So glad we signed her. <laughs> any any ill feeling towards her hacking down Mia Veldi has long been forgotten. Um, what a player we've signed. Matt? You know what? If it was just this season, I would have said Amanda because of how well she's settled in and how she's she done is, really think, well. With the new signings that have signed this season, you can't judge them in half a season. So I no, I'd no, give you a bit no. more room to choose. A hundred percent, no, but I would have definitely chosen, I'll definitely choose Laura Vinerita. She was really well, she settled in really well Mm -hmm. and she just grew and grew after that Euros. It was almost like because she settled down so quickly after six months Mm -hmm. in England, she went, oh, this is my home temperature now. And she just, she, well, in some ways, yeah, like the, like the chance she, she does walk on water in some ways, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, the uh, she, uh, a stone was thrown her way in that Wolfsburg game. Which, again, it's mad that 26 seconds after Jambiti scores that header, she she goes in for a tackle and she does her ACL. But it it probably means a lot the fact that the fans are with her and they and she wasn't alone in doing that. I mean the ACL club and everything. But I think there's going to be a lot of patience when she comes back and mm-hmm. it'll. And I don't think anyone's going to get on her back just for the next couple of games when she's back officially and putting in minutes. We're currently going through that process twice. We've done it with Beth. Beth's now up and running. We're now with Viv waiting. So if some fans don't get they've got to wait, then maybe football's not for them. But hey-ho, I'm not 
person to judge. We should just um, quickly say a few, a few honourable shout outs. Well, obviously, we did sign a world class striker in Jody Taylor, and that should not be, um, you know, ignored. That should be acknowledged. What a sign that was. And if she had stayed rather than leaving this summer, I would have said half a suit, half a early. Mm. I think we should not be forgotten. It was too short the time she spent with us, but the glimpse we got just gave us a tease of she would have been a legend at the club if she mm. stayed for three, four years. And we respect her decision to leave, but that would have been just amazing. Just a quick question: Had she, had we have won the league in that? when oh, that in the January that she joined would you then put her in that top priority I don't think signs? she because she was in she was only in that season for a window because she came yeah. and then she was injured for the rest of it we barely saw her unfortunately if yeah. so she wouldn't have really impacted that season I mean if she'd been fit all the way through the season and we won the league then yes but I don't think her in I think she got one goal against Birmingham and then she got injured and we never saw her again sadly that's, uh, that's yeah, I don't really line the two that well. Okay, so my next icebreaker. I was going to say, hang on, Lottie, what's your what was your player? We all know who it is, but go on, let us know who's your player. <laughs> it was going to be Kyra Kunis Cross, but I would I I picked Raffaelli. Oh, right. Even oh really? Short oh, time was it? Yes, you did. So that's oh. why I didn't answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I thought picked... you were going to go Kyra. So time... I... Yeah. I... <laughs> The thing is, it's over two seasons, and yeah. for me, I've seen Hafaeli play more than I have Kyra. Although Kyra has been sensational. Best goal of this season so far. I'm going to go first. I'm going to take Chloe Lacasse against Man United. That was oh, just sublime. Um, yeah, I've got her on the back of my Stella McCartney shirt for that, and it's just, yeah. just a kiss. Um, Matt, I'm on to you first. I think. I'm going to be a bit selfish here. I'm going to say the one that, best one that I've seen live is actually Amanda's goal against Southampton. And just because of the fact that, that it... <laughs> it was nice that it... Like, just a little bit of a glimpse. glimpse, And just when you when you sort the goalkeeper, she's gone one way and then you just mm-hmm. sell her to the shops the other way. It's just fantastic. But the other one I was actually also going to mention was Alessia Russo's goal against uh, Aston Villa. Oh, the nice. late winner. Yeah. Katie's goal in that game was fantastic. Yeah. But the, the whole impact, Beth coming on, getting the assist, Lesio scoring on the edge of the box. Um, is, mm-hmm. You don't really see that m- much anymore from s- sort of strikers. Um, but yeah, it was, a great, it was a great goal and it was really important to get those three points that day. First win of the season, was it? First league win mm-hmm. of the season, that one. Uh, well, yeah. you mentioned Katie. She obviously scored a screamer against Bristol City. Uh, which is pretty good, but I'm going to play my Russo card and I'm going for her the <laughs> goal against Chelsea, the first goal against Chelsea. Um, but that's m- not just because of the goal, but because of the magnificent pass from Leah Velti to set it up in the first place. Just just so soon after Amanda gets that crucial goal, we're all on the buzz, we're all buzzing, and we look on the screen and we see Emma Hayes rolling her eyes in frustration. Of the, uh, you know, Anne Katzenberg has made that gaff. And then I look down, and then suddenly I'm seeing this magic pass destroy the entire Chelsea team and Russo's running clear behind and executing what can only be described as a Thierry Henry-esque sort of right foot curve around the keeper and into the bottom corner and just like, just we're all rolling in the stand. Just unbelievable. That that emotional high when that goal went in and the, 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 the technique executed. Because 
we'll, we'll talk about the game in a minute, as I said before, about Russo. And, and too often we've seen with Russo, he hasn't taken that chance. But she took it so splendidly. Um, just unbelievable. Um, and yeah, obviously one for one. But that goal there was my favourite on the day. And it, if it wasn't going to be the Chloe Lacasse screamer against Man United, which I think just was an incredible goal in terms of the, the timing. and Especially and for meant, a first goal. First, or first goal for the club, getting it at Man United, just when it looked like we'd chucked, you know, a good result away. Um, yeah, that saved our bacon and, and sort of prevented us losing what would have been four league games in a row over two seasons, which isn't great. Um, that goal from the yeah, That was the main thing for me, I think. It's what we needed, even if it's returning one point when you're in that kind of rut, I think it helps yeah, big time. Absolutely. And then obviously we beat Villa and the seasons were kicked enough of that. But yeah, Bruce against Chelsea, against her former club. That, that's the one. Nice. Nice. Right. Now we're gonna get now we're gonna get stuck into what we were actually here for. <laughs> <laughs> so on the lineups for the Arsenal, we had Zinsberger, Fox, Illestead, Wibbermoy, McKay, Pelova, Volti, Mead, Miedemar, Ford, and Russo. On the bench, we had BT, Leonard and Mornham, D'Angelo, Lacasse, Blacksenius, Kadina, Cooney Cross, and Williams. For Watford, we had Gold, Goldsmiths, uh, Maywald, Reed, Henson, Leon, Harbert, Georgiou, Fife, Wilson, Haynes, and Ajimang. Um, and I've forgotten to write their bench down. I do apologise. Um, yeah, don't worry. I can read it off here. It's Lafayette, Fleming, and McLean, Davison, Baptiste, Johns, Rossiter, Head, and Palish. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much, Adam. I do apologise. It's me keeping the rush getting ready. Um, thoughts on the Arsenal lineup, first of all? We've um, got it catastrophically Fox, wrong. Emily Fox gets her <laughs> debut. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. I was worried. We were worried we weren't going to make, she wasn't going to make it, but given the time between her signing and the thing, but it was it was good. Good to see her make a run out. The fans obviously loved her. Had their songs already prepped and ready to go. And it was, yeah, it was good to see uh, see him make a debut, and it was a, almost a perfect game to do it. Yeah, I th- I think that was kind of the worry is that if you didn't know whether or not she was going to be eligible to play because of the deadline, I thought originally was supposed to be the sat the um, yeah. last Saturday. It turns out it was this Saturday because Everton and Aston Villa played on the Saturday. Um, it was an odd kickoff. I think it was at a half twelve kickoff. Yeah. Wasn't cool like announced pretty much on the same day that she played, or so it, was, it felt yes. like it. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it was really weird because they were. It was all done by nine o'clock, wasn't it? So we'd signed Fox, and then they announced Catherine Cole and um, Madsen as well. So it, it's it's an it's definitely an odd one, but at the same time, at least these rules are there and that we sort of know about them. Whereas in the past, these rules sort of would have been hidden, and you wouldn't know know uh, whether or not these sort of players would be eligible for this until they you turned up to the ground. Uh, we Adam should say that on, we should say that Arsenal have been dealt a point deduction for fielding an ineligible player before. That yeah. has happened and it's cost them Champions League football because of it. That is yeah. So wow. we yeah, yeah. If you look in the history books, we got done for a point deduction for fielding an eligible player in a league game and we we finished third. Um, it happened so, in yeah. the men's FA Cup this season. One of the players was brought back from a loan and he, then they were yeah, in, and they, in their replay. And then, mm. uh, so one of the non-league clubs went through because because of that result. But yeah, it happens, it happens, admit, as yeah. an error. And it's scandalous mm. that, you know, the clubs, uh, you know, made that mistake because it's based stuff. But thankfully, there were no shenanigans on this one. It was a, a clean, 
a clean debut, as it were. And um, yeah, I think we all rather enjoyed seeing her play. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Speaking speaking of lineups, though, oh, I do want to touch on our three loanies who did start against the Arsenal. Yes. And I've got to give all of ourselves a pat on the back. So we all said Richard Jamang would score. Let's be serious. Yes. Um, <laughs> what are the, what are your, what are the thoughts on the performances from um, our three loanies, Reed, Harbert, and Ajaman? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, um, you go for it, mate. Yeah, yeah you, you. <laughs> I think the reason you're asking me is because you want me to talk about Leo Harvard and Casey Reed. Casey Reed is a fantastic player, um, very much capable of doing that. Liam Leo Williamson, uh, long ball over towards the wingers, and she's also capable of playing as a defence midfielder. And in this game, she did really well. She was making the tackles. She wasn't afraid to make those her tackles and blocks. She was playing really well. And I wasn't surprised that she just elevated her performance a little bit. Uh, Leah Harbert, it was a bit odd because usually with Leah Harbert, you usually see her on the ball quite a lot and she's able to get the ball rolling, get that, uh, get that midfield started. And uh, obviously she had to do a lot more defensive work and it was a bit harder for her but I think if I'm honest she's going to look back on that and she's going to realise okay there's things now that I can look back on and reflect and, and try to make sure that I am doing these things properly and I think the great thing is as well is that I, I think people might have known this about the uh, Michelle was given a post-match interview and she said it was really great to see that Viv uh, talking to her and told her, told her congratulations on the goal and everything like that and it was just giving her a little bit of advice as well and I imagine everyone, that's what great players do is not just Viv it would be unfortunately Kim was injured for this game but if Kim was she would probably talk been talking to the girls I think they obviously all like each other and are friends on some level and they really enjoy each other's company and they like love to be talking to each other and be um whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch i'm sure uh taylor as well might might have been having a few words with them afterwards and everything as well i i was really impressed with, um and we said we have to say this in sort of context of the game um what we what i was seeing from ajiman with you know she with, it was clear that watford were looking for her Every time they were playing out, there was a lot of well, from where I was sat, um, lots of long pass towards asking her to hold up or running behind. And she was keeping the likes of Lotta and Amanda honest about the game. They were having to, you know, track her back in and intercept the passes. She wasn't she wasn't sat deep with the rest of the team. Um, I know that um having been on, you know, speaking with the manager at the end of the game, the Watford manager rates them the, the three of them very highly, not just as players, but as people. Um, he was very, very quick. Well, he was out there. He was asked about them, and he, you know, it was quite clear. Considering Watford and what they are at the moment, what they are in the Championship, these three players, um, I think he compared them to like gold dust almost. They, they're three stars that are that are, and I don't want to say this just in a derogatory sense, but they're three players that are above the quality that they have in the team. They are the stars of the team. These three loanees from from Arsenal. Um, there was a, there was an interesting side note that apparently the players, the, the three loanees, because of the where Watford are based, they're based next door to London Colney. So the players were actually training with Arsenal when they found out they'd actually be playing against their own group, which was obviously quite interesting. Um, I, I expect Andy Mount to score. Um, unfortunately, I did. Well, we'll probably get onto it a bit later on. It wasn't in the way I'd hoped she would score. 
I, I was hoping or thought maybe we would be more congratulatory of her goal. But I could think because of the manner in which she scored, I think there was a greater annoyance around the situation. I think I think Adrian Mang was a bit sort of like annoyed herself. It, was, it wasn't a sort of, it didn't feel very positive. There was no celebration from her, which, you know, you know, take it which way you want. But I thought it was a good moment for her because obviously she's a very young talent. You know, last time I saw her, she was playing against Wolfsburg in the Champions League semi-final. Um, for emergency reasons. I um, hope this isn't the last we see her. I hope we see her at Meadow Park next season. I think she's got a very bright bright future. And um, yeah, I think she, she did herself uh, credit on the day. Absolutely. Um, six minutes in, Beth Mead plays the ball into Pulover. She, um, she drove, drove the, side, the, the strike inside, outside, from outside the box. The ball gets away from her. Uh, away from Goldschmidt at Russo's feet and she was in the right place at the right time for once and she got it into the back of the net. Whole of the North Bank <laughs> lit up. I couldn't quite see what had happened. But mm. what did it look like from the media box, Adam? Oh, well, I'm glad you just happened to mention that, Lottie. Yes, I was not sat in my usual. I was not sat with you. I was sat elevated up uh, amongst all the media. And it was a, an amazing, I should say it was a, an amazing um, experience, which I'm very grateful for, um, and I'm hoping I might get a chance to to do so again in the future. I got to do my first press conference. That was very nervous. Yes, I got to stand with Jonas and and the Watford manager, and that was yeah, standing with other journalists who know what they're doing, and me who has not a clue, and I'm just trying to look like I fit in, um, and failing to do so. But very grateful. The view, it was good. Um, it was a great shot from Palova. Good touch and the drive of the keeper. And it's a goalkeeping error. I'm sorry. And I know there is there is a, there is a disparity in talent because of where, again, uh, Watford are and, and where they're on the, in terms of their team and where they're on the league compared to us. But you have to say, as it is, it's a mistake by Goldsmith. She has to take that. And if she's going to bounce it down, she has to bounce it down back into her gloves to take the sting out of it, which is normal to do. She doesn't do that. She fumbles it. It bounces loose. And it's credit to Russo. It's that striker's instinct that something may happen. It's something, you know, it's, it, it's being in a position to, if should something happen, I'm there to snaffle it up. And it's great instinct from her. And yes, she does score. And it's a, it's a great start. And I was talking to um, other than me, and Michael Peer was, um, we had an FA Cup game against London City Lions. This is about two seasons ago. It was a wretched, awful game. We only scraped through 1-0. And I was thinking, I, do, I want this, I want us to be fit, firing, and, and like we did against Leeds, just get, keep that score counter ticking over. And we've got the early goal. And I thought, OK, we can relax now. Let's play our game. We're better than a Swatford team. Let's open them up and let's, you know, get some goals on the board. And yeah, from that, that early goal, it, it did bode well. Just on that, yeah, for a goalkeeping error, definitely, because it looks like she's gone to catch it. She realises there's too much power, so she's yeah. tried to push it down onto the floor and hopefully it goes out play or it goes for a corner or just hopefully I, it just tips down the post. I think she's trying to reclaim it. I think she's trying to do like a pat down. To bounce and catch it, yeah, it, it things like that though is that you never know with especially a pitch like Meadow Park is that the ball can go anywhere. It's not yeah. a flat surface. It, it it's a bit bumpy here and there, and things like that. It, it's it, there's no that could have quite easily just flapped over her and gone straight straight into the back of that, and then it would, would have gone down as an own goal. Um, you're right, Adam. Alessia is in the right place at the right time, just making sure she's following through as good strikers do. And the fact that she didn't give it up because it was it looked uh, from where 
where the, I was sitting, unfortunately, I was sitting at home. Um, <laughs> it looked like it was very much near the line. So I imagine there was only a couple of metres in it before it went even out, before it went out of play. So yeah. it was great that she was able to score from such a tight angle, even if it was uh, just not just about one defender on the line as she scored. But it's great instincts and don't fault her for that. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, sometimes you do sit there and wonder on how on earth has Leslie Russo missed that with the quality of striker she is. But then you always also look at the other flip side to going, she scores worldies. And that goal was, wasn't quite a worldie, but if she was to the right place at the right time for me. Yeah. And I want to see a few more of those from her as well as the, the, the worldies that keep coming from her. So it was six minutes later. Um, I can't remember if it was a throw or, or a corner. That was one by Emily a short, Fox. A short corner routine. It was a short corner routine. Yeah, it was a corner. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Palova allowed the ball to roll the ball over to her. Uh, but, oh, well, over to her, then over to Walty. Um, yeah. And Walty sent it home for to the bottom right corner for her third goal for Arsenal. Matt, I'm going to let you have this one. <laughs> your favourite. What did you think? I have to say this was fantastic work from Victoria Pilova as well to actually, because it was great short corner routine. And as Kate McCabe's coming in to swing it, she sees Victoria and then uh, and Victoria's just gone, right, OK, I see. It's, it's, it's great to see things like that being done because it's always the element of surprise. You don't expect it. So no one's picked picking her up she's got time to place it and hit it into the back of the corner and that this is now the first goal that she has scored that I well the second goal because it wasn't there the first time around but first time I wasn't there and you've both got to see Leo Valti scores so first yeah. Goal at Meadow Park. yeah first goal at Meadow Park that's always a good thing to get off your back as well yeah. especially after being quite for so long um not to point sort of things but there was a couple of times last season when Noel Moritz nearly scored um, and you just kind of think, what well, if you had scored? That's a little bit of a memento that you have for your time at the club. Unfortunately, didn't happen for her. Now Leah Valdez well, got one. I kind of hope that we have a few more of these. So the likes of Leah Cordina, um, and some of the other players that haven't scored yet or have just recently signed, uh, they do get on the short sheet, score sheet. Uh, I must confess, um, well, firstly, I should say with Noel Marek, uh, she got two goals against Palace in the cup tie, but no one would have seen it because it was during lockdown. Uh, but it was in, in, in the cup tie. I didn't even know, someone had to tell me. I thought she hadn't scored a goal either. And I was like, really? Oh, right. Okay. Um, I didn't see this Valky goal. Um, I actually missed, well, mostly missed it because uh, what happened previously is that Fox had run down the wing and won a corner. And I was busy just typing up my notes because I, I, I was in the mirror to what happened to help later. So saying Fox, good attacking run, winning the ball. That's what we want to see from Fox. It plays attacking run. So I was just typing it up and I just looked up and suddenly Belt is on the edge of the D curling the ball. So I had switched off as much as the what for defence. Um, thankfully, I was able to catch a replay later and it's superb. And the, the brilliant bit is the path that, that Palova steps over. Although for some reason, I think actually Palova gets gifted an assist for it. Oh, no, it's been, uh, no, it's been changed, sorry, it has been changed. It was originally Palova's, now Mead. So Mead makes the pass, Palova steps over, um, wonderfully well, takes them to see the, what, the, the pressing what the defence of the game, and Balti strokes at home perfectly. But, again, it's poor defending from Watford, because the mo- that ball is not zipped across, that's a slow pass through the box. That Watford defence has to be rushing out and charging down Leah Valti and making sure she doesn't get the, stop, the shot off. 
and it comes to her and all the entire walk of the fence are just encamped on the on the front of their six yard line. So it's it's inviting her to shoot. Did they not see her goal against Liverpool last season? She can score from there and she absolutely punishes them deservedly so. It's poor defence from them. They switched off at the corner. They didn't see what Arsenal were trying to do. Um, it's a very clever set-piece routine. Um, not sure we'll see it again because obviously other teams should be wiser to it. But again, it's from, from what perspective, it's it's not good defending. Um, and then they shouldn't they shouldn't allow a player of Velty's quality that time to pick a spot. Although the technique to, to curl it in bottom corner mm. is, uh, is superb. Um, so after the half hour mark, uh, McCabe took a corner. She headed it wide at the bottom left. Before Leslie Russo had another, uh, well, before Leslie Russo had another opportunity to make a brace. Uh, later on in the second half, Vivian meanwhile pulled back the ball from her right and hit it for the first time, but it hit the crossbar, meaning that we went into half time two and a lot despite the dominant performance and possession and chance creation. What were your thoughts on Viv's performance in that first half? Are we seeing Viv back on form slowly once we get it in the net, Adam? So, uh, mixed feelings at half time um, because for the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I think it was the first, we were two and a half after about 12 minutes, sorry, 12 minutes we were two and a half. And I thought we had a good pace to what we were doing. The goals were. Of, you know, happening and it was great. And then we just stopped scoring. We just we fell into this trap of we just lost the ability to score. And I think Viv um, had a volley, should have scored. Uh, Russo should have scored two more. Uh, Viv had well, there was one where the goalie was out because Mead managed to rob the ball on the halfway line. Ball fell to Viv in the, in the middle of the park. Has to score from there. I expect her to have her technical capability to score from there. There were some nice touches in the box, the way that she was able to beat some of the defenders 1v1. Mm-hmm. And I have to sort of sort of juggle these two mindsets because yes, okay. So firstly, Viv's come back from an ACL. It's going to take time for her to recover. Fully agree with that. And she needs the match minutes, actually minutes, and she's getting them. And I think we're seeing some very interesting combination work with her and Russo, which is great to see someone of Miedemar's technical capability working behind someone like Russo with the high press and, and creating opportunities. Fantastic. Our press was good in the first half. Lots of turnovers in the Watford defence but we didn't score anywhere near enough. And I think Jonas, this pre-match press conference, um, spoke about high-quality chances. We need to get high-quality chances because we were all there for the Spurs game. We, we had scraps. We didn't make those chances. Today, well, on, on this game, we did have those chances, but we still didn't score them. Um, and I have to think, do we create those high-quality chances because we had great um, creatives in the team? Or do we create the chances because Watford aren't going to load block as well as Spurs and deny us the space and deny us the ability to play? And my my feeling was is we're not taking these really really good chances. We, if we when we play Everton this weekend, providing it all goes ahead and the weather's fine, etc., um, we're not going to get as many opportunities as this. And that's the that was the worrying bit for me. So I was very excited to see Medema and Centre Park. I was very excited to see her creativity, her one v one v one v one play create opportunities but she didn't get a goal I thought this would be the perfect game for her to get her first goal back and um, from ACL I think we were all in the stand hoping it was going to happen and she came close a few times but before I hand over to Matt to give his viewpoint I do wonder how much she and it's not so that Miedema doesn't care but how much does she actually care about the fact that she has or hasn't scored because she's all about the team and she wants the team to win 
and her personal um, accomplishments, you know, getting her first goal back, I don't know how much she really, really wants that. And I think her higher priority is the team winning and the team doing well. And that's why she likes setting up players. And I think that's why a lot of the time when she's got the ball in the box and we're all screaming, shoot, she's looking to pass to Ford or McCabe because she thinks it's a better player to get that goal rather than her. And yeah, that time did infuriate me a few points. Yeah, I think just on Viv's first half, it, it was a bit difficult because you're thinking that along these sort of lines, you think, well, Viv's going to get three or four here, um, potentially on the way she was playing, and maybe grab an assist as well. It just felt like the whole team was, was struggling and almost went back to the, uh, we'll keep on shooting and eventually we'll score. But it was just like, how many chances... Overall, did we have to take? I've just looked up the stats now. We had 26 shots on goal, 11 of those on target, and we only scored five goals from them. So, on on the average, I think it was I think it's averaging about roughly every three uh, three shots we scored, maybe even less. But we need to make sure that we are more clinical. We're going to come up against teams like Tottenham. Uh, the game against West Ham last season where we got nil-nil and there's going to be plenty of other games where that's going to happen and we're going to need to make sure that we take those chances. I imagine, uh, especially when we play against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge or uh, when we play Man United at home or um, well, even when we play Man City at the Academy Stadium, it's gonna. We're gonna make sure that we take our chances and not keep on going. Right. Okay. Here we go. We've racked up 16 shots in that first half, but only four of them say have been on target. We need to make sure we're a bit more clinical. Um, otherwise, it's gonna call into question a lot of our accountability. Um, what are our targets for the season? Uh, I know if you don't shoot, you don't score. But there's still three trophies to potentially play for. Um, um, I'm sure we want to win all three, um, but we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to get those shots into the back of the net. And sometimes it's going to take maybe making some sort of changes to the team. I th- I've I've seen a lot of people talk about certain players in the team, um, potentially that they shouldn't have been playing that game. Uh, a lot of questions over that, but whatever whoever's playing they need to make sure if they're in that attacking role they're at least either supplying those chances to score those goals or are scoring them i couldn't i couldn't agree more with you there matt that's absolutely spot on um but i do want to ask the goalkeepers union on the pod um about that like the opening chance and in in the second half um beth meese crossed in for caitlin ford at the far post, um, but Goldschmidt did well to close the angle down and force the corner. Um, I feel like through, oh, through the second <laughs> half, sorry about that, something just fell off my desk. Um, do you feel like through that second half um, that she actually had a half decent half, although she let another three goals in? Yeah, it was going to be, a, you know, whenever you're playing a team that are higher up than you especially if they've had have huge international experience you know that they're gonna have a huge um huge amount of chances they're gonna have more chances on the ball 
so you try and limit the, those issues as much as you can. Adam's already mentioned about how she gave the ball away one opportunity, and Beth should have really, and oh, well, sorry, Viv should have scored uh, that opportunity. It's just it's small lapses of concentration. All the goalkeepers have them. Uh, we'll probably talk about that later later on. Um, but it, it is difficult to be concentrating for 90 minutes, especially if the ball's up the other end of the half. So, but when the ball's in your half and you're trying to, and you lose concentration, that is when the worry. So the the, the lesser Russo goal in the first half, the fact that she she's made the wrong decision, um, it's a bit difficult. The Leofolti goal, she tries to get to it, but she just can't get there in time. It's it's just things like that that she'll look back on that game and go right that was a good experience i felt better in that second half and i did really well especially in the 1v1s towards the end there as well so i think she'll be pleased with her performance but obviously a bit disappointed that she's letting five goals but it's again it's an experience a lot of these players would have come up from the fa uh, women's national league last season with watford so they're still getting to terms with the championship and they will this experience themselves against a top team across Europe will probably help them maybe not this season maybe next season and just making sure that they keep on developing and keep on working hard to be where they want to be I should just say I was just to say sorry I actually interviewed the manager about this I actually spoke with the Watford manager about the goalkeeper um, and about exactly what you said about the second half and said, actually, you know what? I know she made a fumble in the first half, but the second half, I thought she was really good. One of the reasons we didn't get more than five was because of the goalkeeper. And he was saying, yeah, well, it's actually a really harsh season. And as it had, if you look at the benches, they didn't bring a sub goalkeeper with them. They didn't have, she is the only goalkeeper they have in the team at the moment, the Watford. And she's had a few, speaking to somebody else who knows Watford a bit better than they said, that she hasn't had a great season. He's had a few wobbles as well. I mean, Watford have only won one game this season. That was away at Chelsea. Um, but she was saying, you know, she was brave on the ball in the second half, which I agree. And you think, yeah, she had a great character to, to have. And I, what I thought was a pretty competent second half. I think the goals that did go in, I don't blame her for. I think the goals that she did, well, she did what she could. The save from Ford, brilliant. And there were some really good saves later on from the subs, which we'll get on to. Um, I think fair play to her. Oh, absolutely. Um, 64 minutes, Mida Marford, Russo and Leo Valti make way for Leonard Zamornum, Lacasse, Blackstenius and Cooney Cross. Mm. Instant impact sub, Stina Blackstenius. <laughs> Pelé replayed a great ball through, which smartly dummied by Mead, allowing Stina to run on goal and tuck the ball beyond the arm, rushing Goldsmith into the bottom left corner. First touch of the game and it's a goal. Yeah. I mean, should she be starting by now? Well, this is the thing. We thought she would start. And this thing, we actually called the starting lineup completely wrong because we all thought it would be a heavily rotated side. But now he went full strength. And I suppose when you haven't got a midweek game, you can afford to. Um, but at some point, Jonas has got to have the courage to be able to play without starting McCabe and without starting Mina, without starting Russo and, and play the other forwards he has at his disposal, like Lacasse, like Lextinius. I was surprised to start this game, um, but I thought bringing her on was a really good move gave Watford um, a different uh, prospect, different a player who was going to be running in behind on the passes. And I thought she took that very well. And it just, it was just, we'd had a built-up of frustration of not getting that third goal after such a good start. 
and that 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 goal going in Postino, very well taken um lovely dummy by me by the way it's like a role reverse on the belty goal when um palova stepped over me's pass this time me stepped over palova's pass and stina slotted away three nil and it was sort of like a okay now we can relax I think that might have been where the team went wrong because I think the whole team relaxed and I don't and I think it went a bit wrong after that. Yeah, you could say that, but we did we did say Michelle Ajiman was gonna score and she did um after a massive huge defensive error, I yeah. would say. Um Amanda they said just, just didn't get there quick enough and Lotta for some reason moved up the way. Um Michelle Ajiman didn't look too happy about scoring, I'll be honest with you. Um <laughs> But I can't, I stood there and celebrated that goal because by that time I'd actually moved further up the sand so I could see what, what was going on on the pitch. Um, so I celebrated that goal. I thought it was all right. She's one of our own. I'm not I'm not too disappointed with it, but is it, Manu could have done better. Manu could it have comes, done better. It comes from Lotta trying to play out and I think she tries to play to play over the edge of the box. And fair play to Watford, they get the press right. The, Lotta has to have the vision to see that pass is not on because the, the player's coming to pounce on Pullover. She doesn't. She's not paying attention. And I'm, I know it's only Watford and it wasn't detrimental to the result. But the level we're playing at, you cannot make these mistakes. This is Arsenal Football Club. These are these. I'm not going to use the, the Arteta, but these are the effing standards. You know, the, the Arteta plays. These are standards of play. You cannot play. I didn't imagine playing Watford or West Ham, Charlton, Chelsea. You play at the correct high level, and that is not acceptable what she did there. And Watford were very quick to see the, see the opportunity, pounce. Great passing set up for Ajimang. She tucks it away. But yeah, Lotta has been great for us. She won an award. Um, I think it was Player of the Month. I think she got at the start of the game, which was great. But that's a mistake on her. That's her not paying attention, not just you know seeing that that pass wasn't on. You do that against Chelsea. You do that against Everton. That's the league title gone. That's the you know FA Cup gone, whatever, whatever game it is. We're lucky we against Watford. We were already 3 0 up and we had the capacity to score more. But you won't get that against better teams. My biggest worry is the fact is that essentially the move wasn't done swiftly or it was done so effectively. I think not just Lotta is to blame. I think that essentially the defence and midfield are at fault because they've tried to do it quickly and they've also done one of the biggest sins that you can commit in football, which is playing the ball into the box. Mm. So, so one of the things you should never do, um, and this goes across like whatever you play you don't play the ball across your box or around it you don't pass in your box unless well you shouldn't really be doing it to begin with because otherwise yeah. essentially uh, what Watford do or did uh, rather was just nick the ball and then they've got an empty net to score in because Manu doesn't really know what she need what to do because even if she closed down Michelle's got a, Michelle's got an open goal to shoot in um she doesn't know and it's, it's it's a lot of questions as well because if Lotta goes and closes her down again, it's pass. Then that leaves if Manu goes, it's a one on one. With Michelle don't know what's going to happen potentially. It's a fifty fifty, um, but you never know what will happen. It's it's very much um, a mistake in our own making, and I think they will be kicking themselves for it. But they, I think the biggest problem was they were playing they were trying to do it too quickly and because they were doing it too quickly they weren't taking their time a little bit to have a look and see uh, where the next pass we was didn't going. have all the players 
they didn't have all the players in the right position and they were rushing it and maybe they thought they could get away with it because it's Watford and it's not Chelsea and Man City pressing them. Mm, and I think that, yeah, that, that was a mistake. The thing is, they got it out to the wing. At that point, you go up the wing. You go long up the wing or you, or you play infield. You don't play back in because all you've done is you've drawn Watford back on top of you and made it harder to play out. And at that point, Lotta's got it in her own box. She, ha- she just has to go long. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to draw the press because if you draw the press in, it's like what Spurs did to us. You know, when Spurs were playing it around at the back and we got sucked in and we put, I think, four players into their box, that was the moment they trigger and they got the ball out, whipped it through the midfield, straight to the forwards, and they scored, and that's how they beat us before Christmas. That's what Arsenal are trying to do. They're trying to draw the press on, but they got it horrifically wrong. Watford were alert to it, and, well, yeah, they, they Adjaman got her goal. I thought we'd have all celebrated it. I was, I was, you know, we were, I was discussing the the, the loan players because that's the see where the athletic after Rossi's piece was on the three loan players, and we were, we were having a good chuckle the fact that if Adjumangu scored, you know, that's, that's a that's a great bit for the article. Um, but it was it was all of our own making, and that that all would be what's infuriating. Yeah, no, I, I completely completely with you there, Adam. Um, three goal lead was restored with uh, Katie McCabe corner. And we finally got to, well, myself and Adam finally got to see an Amanda Illestead header straight through. Uh, very good friend of the pod did capture the photographs of the header and then the ball going into the net. So if anybody does want to check out that, they're on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, Adam, you were closer than yep. I was on, the, on that view. It was, was good. Something header, it was a sort of a series of corners sort of cracking the pressure. The annoying thing was, uh, this is going to be a weird tangent, but this is experience of being in the, in the media room and also, obviously, I suppose by extension, you understand. Um, with no scoreboard, you didn't really know how much time was actually left in the game. So the only points of reference I had was the scoreboard on the BBC website telling me when the goal scores were, going against the notes I had made saying what time on the clock, the world clock was when we scored, and then sort of trying to calculate the difference. I think, okay, well, there's a five minute gap there. So actually, I'm looking at the time and it's like quarter, but it's not actually quarter because actually we got, so it was, it was trying to juggle that, um, which was very frustrating. And then when Amanda's goal came in, it was like, great, I've now got an extra point of reference, um, but also great, we've got an extra goal. And I never thought Watford were going to like somehow pull the rug out from under us and make this amazing like three or comeback. It just, it would have been disastrous if that was the case, but it just sort of, maybe sort of re-establish the authority we had exerted because I think if we'd only won that game 2-0 it would have been a travesty if we'd only won the game 3-1 again it would not have been a fair reflection I think of the game because we were much better than them in terms of everything up to the final third and I think it was I think it was 86 minutes I think so from five minutes to go it was 3-1 um, and I think by that time the Watford legs had gone the defence had gone they were they were hanging on in there just to try and keep the score down and Amanda does what Amanda does best Thumping header, and you sort of enjoy the game a bit more after that. No, definitely. I mean, not long after that, um, it was 5 1 uh, from Frieda yeah. Martin. Um, again, another Stina Blackstonius assist. She's had to go yeah. through this game, which was a lovely nice. It was actually a really nice cross into the box. Um, mm. uh, Leonardo Mourner's first touch was just really, it was precise, and then it was just bang in the back of the net. I mean, Matt, what did you think of Marlon finally getting her go after her previous attempts during the second half? Again, if I think the right words 
to use here is scattergun. She's been a scattergun in the past where she's had shots, she's had shots and they've been blocked or they've gone wide or they've gone over uh, or she's done the right wrong thing and shooting instead of passing it into someone else. This time she just makes no mistakes. She wants to get that goal. Um, I think she was feeling a bit of pressure that if she didn't score soon, um, she wouldn't feel as comfortable as she normally is. Um, or had, or show that form that she had last season, um, but hopefully she kicks on with that. I think it was a great a great time for her to score as well. I mean, it's great to be able to say we've got these goals now, and that's a little bit of a boost when you come come up against Everton this week. Should say it's good to get on the score sheet after the winter break. It's good to to get back on the score sheet and get in that rhythm. And I think like Sabrina and Frida, it'll get them back in the frame. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's the second win in a couple of days. I saw Arsenal win for, from the <laughs> game and it just feels good to start 2024 the right way. I was at the yeah. academy on Friday. We They beat Middlesbrough 1-0 and, and we beat Watford in the No More Red kit, which I believe now is not cursed for the women, at least anyway. I was um, thinking that one left the ground. It, it, it clearly wasn't the kit. It was the players all along. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that wraps up our Watford game. We are now qualified for the fifth round in the FA Cup. Um, really quite excited. Was there any particular team, guys, that you wanted to take on before we yes. go through the fixtures? Yes. It would have been Charlton away. Yes. Not Charlton I just home, really, personally. really fancied that. It's mm. I've I've been to Charlton before. I, I, I do do like their ground. So... I've, I fancy Charlton. I didn't want to play any of the big teams. So we can play them all. Twi- we play them twice a year in WSL. I want to play someone different when it comes to the cups. I so went to I'm Charlton. Yeah. I went to Charlton. I went to Charlton. Did really well, really well. Um, in her last fight, she scored. It was so, more that my cousin is. My, my cousin's a Charlton fan, so I wanted to bring him along. Ah. Um, but no, they got Spurs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, um, no, uh, no Charlton. We're all Charlton, right? Yeah, well, I went to Charlton also because of Alessia Russo used to um, play for Charlton back in the day. That's where she went to Academy of Excellence. So oh, yeah, Charlton have, got, Charlton have got a bit of pedigree with the FA Cup as well. They've actually won the Women's FA Cup before. We used to play them back in the old days, early, you know, 2000, 2010s, around that time. So it would be nice to sort of reacquaint ourselves with them. But wasn't to me. I would have quite liked to have had Newcastle not gone out. I would have been quite nice to go over there. Um, had Sheffield United Everton away would have been a good one but again you're talking about imagine Everton this weekend Everton say in a couple of weeks time and then Everton towards the end of the season it, it's alright it's alright towards the end of the season but when you play it's, it's one of the worries I have with the fish just like when we played City in the Conti Cup semi-final and then we played City at the weekend <laughs> because that was the rearranged fixture it it bugs me because essentially you're only going to you're going to win one of those games essentially yeah bit like Tottenham before Christmas. Exactly that, yeah. Um, yeah, if there, were, there was only one pro- probably other team that I would probably take, and that's not in Forest. I think they would have done really well there. Um, okay. I, I, I probably wouldn't have, if, if we'd have drawn Southampton, I probably wouldn't have done that, um, just because that would have been my trip. But I, th- I think there was plenty of other teams that we that we would have faced and gone, yeah, let's, let's have a good go here. Um, but <laughs> that draw... Uh, was I don't think we were expecting that, were we? No. Um, so the fifth round, fifth round draw came out as London City Lionesses um, at home to Liverpool. 
Arsenal at home to Man City, Leicester at home to Birmingham City, Wolves at home to Brighton, Tottenham at, at home to Charlton. Sorry, I really want to go and clean my tongue there. Um, so Nottingham Forest v Everton, um, Nottingham at home, Southampton at home to Manchester United, and Chelsea at home to Crystal Palace. I really wanted um, Chelsea Man United to meet each other. I was really hoping that they would one of them would knock each other out. That would make there's still time. There's still, <laughs> time. there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Um, I'll, you know, it's a shame they got Chris, Chelsea got Crystal Palace um, at home because we all know what happened the last time Chelsea women played away at Crystal Palace. Um, they That's lost the cup big. final, so <laughs> it would have, <laughs> could have been a nice repeat performance. We've obviously got the hardest ties around. Um, let, let's mm. well as Arsenal versus yeah, Man City, and they work. I do kind of feel we've got the the rubbish under the stick again. Yeah, the short end. Again, second Chelsea last season, Man City yeah, this season. Exactly. But Everyone else gets a bit of an a bit of an easier cruise, if that makes mm. sense, than us. They, they did the maths and it was like uh, the, the minimum there could be would be one all WSL side and then the rest could obviously be split apart. Of course, we're the only one with a full WSL matchup. Yeah. But we are at home and that might just give us the edge because when it comes to Arsenal Man City, whenever they play each other the home team usually wins in all competitions. Yeah. So that might just give us the edge. I mean, we have played them at home this season, thankfully, and that went well, though Man City did play very well on the day. That was a really close game, and we got a bit lucky at the end, um, although we obviously got a bit unlucky with the penalty miss that maybe things even out. We've got a chance, but as I said earlier in the pod, we've got to take the chances when they come. We 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 can make chances and we, we hopefully will make chances against Man City. But if we miss like we did against against Watford and just, you know, casually fun, you know, not take our chances, they'll win 2-3-0. Oh. And, and, and they'll be thinking, oh, well, we did play well, but that makes a difference. So we need to, you know, sharpen up on the training pitch. Oh, no. oh, I didn't um, really Matt. want to see. Sorry, lost it. Uh, I didn't really want to see this fixture. As soon as it was come out, I was like, really? Again, I think yeah. Man City fans, us and Chelsea, all look at each other and almost it's like the Spider-Man meme where we just point at each other. Yeah. And it just feels like every time there's an FA Cup or a Conti Cup, whenever it comes to those three will be a draw. One of those one of these rounds where either we when the first ones in or the next round. It's it's always one of those two teams that pull together. Um, yeah, some, should just say something about it. I was going to say this is only the second time we played Man City in the FA Cup in the WSL yeah. era. Yeah, but you look at like say the Conti Cup draws for example last oh, year semi final three of us in there. <laughs> we know one of us are going to play Man City. The other one's going to yes, and <laughs> and it's like a one in three chance. Whereas when the FA Cup with such an open draw, um, it, it does one in nine chance. Yeah. So, so his chances are slim anyway, but it's it's annoying that it's happened. But would you rather it happen now or would you rather it happen, say, in the semi-finals when you're this yeah. this close to Wembley? Yeah, if I think we I'd, I'd have to go for now. If we beat Man City, that means it's one less team we could have in the semi-final or even the final because Arsenal continually play Chelsea in these FA Cup you know, rounds. It was, it's always Chelsea in the in the League Cup final, always Chelsea in the FA Cup final. It's not, it'd be nice to not have, you know, to face, say, instead, I know, a West Ham or, or uh, um, I don't know, Spurs in the Cup final. That might be fun. Um, <laughs> Leicester City. Just not a Chelsea, not a Man City, because that's what our Cup final 
players. I think the last time we we didn't play one of them it was like I think it might be like an Everton. I think it might have been in the or not yeah. or not's County in like a League Cup sort of thing. It's always one of the two. So if we can get Man City out of the way, makes our FA Cup chances a bit well oh. more optimistic. But it's going to be a heck of a. You might get your wish because Tottenham are heavily recruiting in this transfer window. But I do, yeah. I keep, I think I do want to have a touch on this a little bit. But the the mechanics of the draw, mm-hmm. I listened to it on the radio, so I wouldn't have visually watched it, and I can already see Matt just putting, he's shaking his head and putting his hand over his hand mm-hmm. over his face. So I'm going to come to Matt. Matt, um, the mechanics of this, could it be better? Yes, a hundred percent, and essentially just to so that those that were international not in the uk were able to watch it. it it was yes it was on the radio but they were also showing the uh it on bbc iPlayer, which um where five live is part of bbc but essentially what was happening is you had shade given and abby mcmanus sorry i've said that wrong abby abby mcmanus mm-hmm. and then you had a guy in the middle with the bag and then they were both drawing from the bag now, when it comes to draws, I know it sounds really weird when you look at like UEFA or um, the World Cup and you have all these fancy balls, they make it a little bit of a show and dance. Well, when it comes to the FA Cup, it's been more of a tradition to have the, like a big bowl out, be able to show all the balls, make sure that everything's nice and well presented. And it just feels so weird that you see the women's show just or not women's show the women's FA Cup just his guy in the in the middle with a bag, and you've got two former pros just pulling the balls balls out left right right. It it doesn't look professional. It feels very amateurish. Like I remember when I was little, I used to play with like like Sabiro sets, and I'd draw names out of like um a little little bucket and things like that to make it feel like it was. Like a, like feel that kind of experience, and it just it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. It's just it's very poorly done, and I don't think this is the answer. I, I think we need to find like a way where we can, whether it's like we like they do with the the league cup in the men's, where oh after say a Arsenal play um, Man City, the draw is going to be conducted. Just stick around, and then we'll have that for you. And it's say Farrell Williams. Um, Alex Scott's calling it, and then you have some, maybe Anita Asante as well on the sidelines, big bowl, and then they're pulling the names that, that way. That would probably make it a little bit more fairer, and it'll probably draw a lot more interest. And in the FA Cup, the FA Cup is a huge part of our history. It's a lot of magic as, as well. You look at the over the years. I look at team, and I could probably go on a tangent about broadcasting and all sorts here because of what happened with Southampton. If you want a just short story, Southampton played Ipswich um, a couple of seasons ago. Last minute, um, Hey Rendell goes up for a header. Their, their goalkeeper scores, equalises, game goes to penalties. And nobody would know anything about that because there was no footage unless it was on... But luckily, someone, some fans recorded it, so they've got the footage. And it's things like that where you look at, we've got all these superstars, but we've got very amateur ways of bringing the FA Cup and the Conti Cup together. And it needs to start, we need to have bigger production values and bigger ideas. And it's, it's helpful when you have Sky, 
but you've only got that for the WSL. You haven't got it for the championship. You haven't got it for the FA Women's National League and so on. You you need everything needs to be put into like a pot and just say, look, you need to be more professional with this, this and this. And it feels very much like at the moment, everything's very amateurish and uh, still Look, make like five five years behind where we are and we're rapidly growing with uh, with the attendance and everything and it's it, it does frustrate me with things like that and I, I know Adam's got strong feelings on like the how how it was presented as well so I'll let him so, talk about it as well yeah I was gonna say so I watched the thing on iPlayer now I've watched this draw happen before these sort of draws happen before so they it works both ways so the previous round was done by the counter press podcast uh, this is not to um, throw shade on, on the Counter Press podcast. They do great stuff in the women's game, and it was a great thing for them to do the draw. That's fine. But for me, I, I'm agreeing with Matt. The draw should be done by when you have the, the host in the empty studio or at Wembley with two ex pros standing with the podium with the two bits either side, and it's number one. And then, and the, for those of you on a podcast, I am mining drawing FA Cup balls out of the drawers. Yeah. We see it with the men's all the time. And when I was watching the men's draw, I was thinking, this is what I want for the women's team. Mm. Why not do both at the same time? Not obviously at the same time, but let's do what this is the men's draw. And now we're doing the women's draw because the schedules are more or less aligned now. I think it's the point actually where I think last season, the men's and women's FA Cup games were happening on the same sort of weekend. But instead of what it is, it is the men get this fancy one. one and then, last season. Yeah. And then this bag gets put. I think last season, I think it was like the morning show or something. It was like a, a random TV oh, it was show. A breakfast which, show, wasn't it? And yeah, then they were show, delayed, yeah. wasn't it? It was delayed for about 45 minutes, so which we, made it we, even we worse. Have to, for those of us wanting to watch the FA Cup, watch the FA Cup draw, we have to tune to a show that we've no interest in and wait until our moment comes. We get the draw and then we can tune out. Now, I get why they do it, because then it raises awareness of the of the, the sport, of the draw, et cetera, and it's great reaching new audience, blah, blah, blah. And in fact, the men's do occasionally do their draw on the one show. But the whole setup, I think, it's a it's a hangover from a previous era when that's when that's what the FA Cup draw was. It was as a small box which you pop little balls out from a from a bag. I think it needs revamping. I don't know when it'll happen, but I would like it to happen at some point. Oh you're on mute, Lottie. You've muted yourself. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. All right. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm really sorry, but this is all we've got time for tonight. Um, We will be back on Friday um, for for our Everton preview, and we will see you soon. Good night.